Good morning. This is Alternative News produced by the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament at the community radio station 3CR. Tune in on 855 AM, 3cr.org.au or 3CR Digital. You can also listen to Alternative News podcasts at 3cr.org.au slash alternative news. My name is Zachary, and my co-presenter is Bree. Hi, everyone. And we are CICD members on the Alternative News team, broadcasting from stolen Wurundjeri country of the Kulin Nations. So today is part one of hopefully a two-part show in debunking some myths surrounding the current sinophobic reporting in mainstream media. So this first part, today's episode... We'll just be delivering some basic facts from sources outside of mainstream media to provide a new perspective for our listeners to consider. Some of the myths and topics we'll be touching on are coronavirus hysteria, so-called concentration camps for Uyghurs in the autonomous region of Xinjiang in northwestern China, and just the yellow peril based around authoritarianism and China's economy. Hopefully next week we'll have a guest on, just to talk about racism and xenophobia and how it affects the Chinese diaspora in Australia. What is coronavirus? According to the World Health Organization, coronaviruses are a large family of viruses that cause respiratory infections from the common cold to severe acute respiratory syndrome, or SARS. The most recent coronavirus has been named COVID-19. 80% of those diagnosed with COVID-19 recover without special treatment. One out of six diagnosed will become seriously ill. 2% diagnosed will have passed away. Older people and those with underlying medical problems are more at risk. The World Health Organization advises anyone with a fever, cough or difficulty breathing to seek medical attention. You can visit their website for more information and preventative measures. So how has this virus become an excuse for racism? Uh, Rather than expressing solidarity with China and protecting our our own communities with calm measures and accurate information, mainstream media have decided to undergo fierce victim-blaming and the government has chosen to implement racist border controls. Only foreign nationals from Iran, China and South Korea are forced to spend a fortnight offshore, with Italy being added to the list this week while Australian citizens are only required to spend a fortnight in self-isolation at home. Despite Italy being one of the fastest-growing regions and now the most affected area outside of China, we have only implemented travel bans to Italy and and from Italy this week. In fact, while the Iranian government is failing to provide much-needed medical supplies in fighting the virus due to current sanctions, the Chinese embassy has been donating supplies to Iran. The Chinese Red Cross Society has also donated $1.3 million of medical supplies to the Iranian Red Crescent Society. In Australia, however, the xenophobia and victim-blaming runs so deep that in the beginning of February, a Chinese man died in Sydney of a heart attack because people were too frightened to give him CPR. There's also been no discussion about lifting the sanctions on Iran. How has China handled the situation compared to the West? An official of the World Health Organization has come out and said 
that if he had the coronavirus, he would want to be treated in China. China's action in containing the virus has been swift and direct, with the reported number of cases now declining. This is only possible because of the kind of government system China has. It has created 16 temporary hospitals with 13,000 beds, out of emptied stadiums and public venues, and built two new specialized hospitals in Wuhan within 15 days, with 2,500 beds. These temporary hospitals are now being closed down due to the declining number of COVID-19 infections. China's efforts should be commended. In Australia, one doctor treated 70 patients in his Turak clinic while experiencing flu-like symptoms after flying home from the U.S. This self-isolation for citizens having been overseas, and for those who might be feeling sick. Is a typical neoliberal response, leaning on individual responsibilities. In America, it could cost thousands just to be tested for the virus, which could put off many people concerned they might have caught it. It is unclear who can access medical services for the virus and how much it would cost, since it depends on your private health insurance provider. In China. All treatments are free if you are diagnosed positive, and if you test negative, the government still pays for eighty percent of the costs. So why are we putting so much blame on China's system in handling the coronavirus? Simply, it's an easy target for xenophobic attacks. After this community service announcement, we'll be talking about the so-called concentration camps in Xinjiang. Anam in Hunak. Voice of the Palestinian diaspora, bringing news, views, and stories about the Palestinian refugees in Australia and around the world in Arabic language. The show, which means in English "I am from there," also highlights the beauty and richness of the Palestinian and Arab culture. Tune in for Anna Minhunak every Monday, 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Radio 3 CR. 855 a.m. What are these so-called concentration camps in Xinjiang? So, since the 1990s, Xinjiang has had terrorist attacks from religious extremists. These attacks will either be bombings, riots, or things like purposely driving into marketplaces and running people over. These terrorist attacks can be easily researched on the internet. And so are the ties between the separatist East Turkestan movement and ISIS. The extremists have been trained by ISIS, influenced by exported Wahhabism, and even in 1999, Osama bin Laden pledged his support to the group. The ties between terrorism in the Middle East and terrorism in Xinjiang are undeniable. These so-called concentration camps are, in fact, education centers. Where those who have been radicalized by religious extremism can learn Mandarin, the lingua franca of China, working skills, and their own religion, rather than an extreme ideology that promotes salvation through violence. The goal of these training centers are to tackle the problem at the core, both religious extremism and unemployment or poverty. Since 2017, there have been no terrorist attacks in Xinjiang. This de-radicalization. Is the complete opposite of the United States' response to terrorism, which is ongoing wars, racial profiling, Guantanamo Bay, and executions. 
it is interesting to see imperialist bodies suddenly care about the fate of Muslims, especially when they are dead silent about the recent pogrom against Muslims in Delhi. But of course, President Modi is an ally to the West. Where does the concentration camp story come from? Today we will provide you with two examples of how the reporting on so-called Uyghur oppression have ties to US foreign policy and intelligence. In fact, there are CIA reports on Uyghurs in Xinjiang going back for decades. The first example of US government ties to the human rights violation story is the Uyghur AMA on Reddit that was done last year. The Reddit post says, I am Rushen Abbas, Uyghur activist and survivor of Chinese oppression. My sister and my friends are currently trapped in Western China's concentration camp. Ask me anything. Yet someone in the AMA found her job profile on the web archive for ISI consultants that advertised her role working for the CIA in Guantanamo Bay as a translator. It makes you wonder how she can be so concerned about her own ethnic group when she is happy to work for the US government in the horrific conditions in Guantanamo Bay. When questioned on this, she says she was proud to work at Guantanamo Bay, translating for the 22 Uyghurs detained there, and that they would tell you that their life at Guantanamo Bay was better than ordinary life for Uyghurs in Xinjiang, even outside of the training camps. Russian Abbas was posting from the organisation Uyghur Rally that organises rallies for Uyghur rights in America. It's very clear that something doesn't add up in her story. What is another example of US ties to the concentration camp story? Our organisation, the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament, stands for a non-aligned foreign policy. The Australian Strategic Policy Institute have made it a habit of attacking China. There are two recent articles which show this quite well. One alleges the concentration camps in Xinjiang and the other one alleges a Uyghur slavery program. These articles claim to be written by a combination of on-the-ground reporting and close reading of policy documents. If you read these articles and follow the sources... What you find is the close reading of the policy documents are done with a heavy ideological bias. The source will often paint something in a positive light and the article will twist it to provide the negative light. In the most recent article about so-called Uyghur slavery, there is no evidence of on-the-ground reporting. A lot of the primary sources are US current affairs magazines, the US government Radio Free Asia and the CIA. Radio Free Asia is just another CIA propaganda vessel, not a worthy source. In fact, Roshan Abbas, who conducted the Reddit AMA, also worked for Radio Free Asia during her time working for the CIA in the early 2000s. Not to mention the fact that the Australian Strategic Policy Institute is primarily funded by the U.S. defense industry and weapons manufacturers like Lockheed Martin, Thales, Raytheon Australia, and the MBDA Missile Systems. These organizations can be seen on its website under the Sponsors section. The ASPI's claims to being non-partisan are highly dubious when it is funded by warmongers. Any salary or payment provided by such a think tank is blood money.
What Zach is talking about is especially evident when the executive director wrote an article this week in The Australian blaming an, quote, assertive authoritarian China, end quote, in their advice to the government to strengthen the US alliance and expand the Royal Australian Air Force Base just 300 kilometres from Darwin, which will cost $1.1 billion. So now we're just going to finish up by talking about the yellow peril and China's authoritarianism. So essentially there's a disagreement between how mainland China thinks it should approach the question of ethnic minority groups and how the West thinks China should deal with their minority groups. There is also clearly a disagreement with how to deal with the coronavirus as well. The West is able to get away with its increasing attacks due to the xenophobic idea that all Chinese people must be brainwashed. However, we in the West assume this while barely doing any research of our own. This is why we try to bring you alternative news that does not have its pockets filled by the imperialist US government. We have a rise in yellow peril sentiments that look to blame many problems in the world on China's so-called authoritarianism. We here at Alternative News would rather advocate for mutual respect regardless of any ideological differences. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Alternative News, brought to you by 3CR Community Radio. This has been Zach and Bree of the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament, trying to debunk some of the current xenophobic rhetoric. Listen back on this episode on 3cr.org.au slash alternative news and listen again next week, Sunday 9.15, where we will hopefully have our guests on to talk more about this subject. Any questions you have, please find us on Facebook. Call 0414-352-542 or email peacecentre at cicd.org.au. Next up, Concrete Gang. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.